dark science and everything else They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next It's a great big world with so much to know Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe If you wanna be a smarty, better learn something fast With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash On today's episode, we are discussing werewolves in movies. Across from me is a man with yellow eyes and who is hairier than most, Shannon (laughs) Shannon Deaton. How are you on this bright, full moon night? (laughs) Doing well. I kind of thought the hairier than most would would probably get a chuckle from you. Luckily, this is our werewolf episode. Otherwise, I'd be offended. Yeah, otherwise, that would make no sense. (laughs) So, Jason, are we we talking about werewolves today? We, we are. So, we're going to talk about werewolves and how werewolves uh, look a little different uh, in do. in yeah. different movies, kind of based on different people's uh, directors and producers and special effects people's uh, uh, perceptions of those. Mm-hmm. So, we identified four specific movies, uh, all of which are in uh, what I'm going to call the Werewolf Hall of Fame. Okay. Okay. I like that. And, Shannon, I think that you are going to start things off with uh, the OG werewolf. Yes. So I tell am. us a little bit about that. This is the most memorable uh, werewolf film. It, it's not literally the first one, I don't think. They did one in the 30s, which was, uh, what was it? It was something like Was that like Lon Chaney? Well, or is this one Lon? This one's Lon Chaney. Oh, okay. Junior. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. The, the first one was, um, and I think we're going to talk about an American werewolf in London, but I think it was just called Werewolf in London. Oh, okay. And it was in the 30s, and it wasn't very critically received this was during the time of the great universal monster movies right. do you remember all of these we, oh those we are awesome. on the podcast yeah. right creature from the black lagoon yeah frankenstein and all those yeah all the good stuff well th- this is in that same spirit uh the wolfman is a 1941 american horror film produced and directed by george wagner and the plot is as old as time itself. If you've heard one werewolf story, you've heard this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm going to quickly summarize it for us. A man named Larry Talbot returns to his home in Wales to reconcile with his father. While there, he visits an antique shop and buys a silver walking cane. You might remember it had like a little wolf head on oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. A little yeah. silver wolf head. <laughs> the same night, he kills a wolf with it, only to later learn that he actually killed a werewolf no way not not just a wolf <laughs> that a would be just too easy right yeah too simple that's right and here in a moment we should probably define like what is a werewolf <laughs> right I, I, i'm assuming most folks listening to the podcast or yeah if you're clicking on a, a podcast called you know history of werewolves and film you probably know you, you have some some idea of what a, of what a werewolf is right <laughs> J- just to be safe we'll, we'll define that here in just a minute but uh in this story uh, after larry talbot fights the the werewolf and, and kills it a gypsy explains that well that wasn't just a wolf that was her son it was in fact a, a werewolf that larry killed and larry is now a werewolf himself so congratulations you know you just oh. won the the wolf lottery that's, that's <laughs> I'm not, what happens. I'm not so sure what a nice uh, prize that is, but he has it nonetheless. <laughs> he has it nonetheless. So, Jason, what what is a werewolf? What are we talking about? I mean, it's like a human type person at, at one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At for at, at some point. Yeah. Different phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, sort of according to which movie you're you're watching. Mm-hmm. Werewolves are defined a little bit differently, and they look differently, and they do. we'll talk a lot about that. Right. So they they generally have some kind of human form, and if you're talking classical werewolves, they're bitten by another werewolf or they kill a werewolf, 
and they become a werewolf themselves, but they may not know that until the full moon comes mm, out. Yeah. There's something about the moon. Takes about a month. Wolves. <laughs> T- takes about a month, right? It's on a Thursday, you know, uh, at midnight. You know, <laughs> right. just, but uh, yeah, and then they turn into werewolf and they get this bloodlust to kill. That That's the classical right. werewolf story, right? So th- this is the classical werewolf story. In this film, The Wolfman, the film uh, has Lon Chaney Jr. in the title role as The Wolfman. Uh, he would actually reprise this role as the Wolfman in four other sequels. Hmm. I think we talked about this. I didn't this. realize that. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this a, a while back. It's been a while. Maybe last Halloween when we did the yeah. classic movie Monsters. This was one of the first shared cinematic universes, um, these classic universal oh. movie Monsters, where you had Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, uh, or Frankenstein's monster, the um, or some of those other ones, um, the, the Invisible Man, Phantom right, of the yeah. Opera, Creature from the Black Lagoon. They were all supposed to be part of the same world, the okay. same universe, because there were crossover movies, Frankenstein meets Dracula, oh, yeah. you know, those sort of yeah. things. There was actually a, a Abbott and Costello movie or two that, yep. was, that was made during this time where they met Frankenstein and Dracula, and it was these same actors for the most part. So that was before Marvel did it. Universal did it, hmm. so that was that was kind of neat. The depiction of the Wolfman in the film has had a great deal of influence on Hollywood's depiction of werewolves for decades, and this is the the classic Wolfman. He is the face of a wolf. He, he kind of looks more like a dog. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, he, he he's got this mangy brown scruff of facial hair, long nose, these canine nostrils, these teeth that protrude upward to sort of right. differentiate him from like Dracula or right. something. You know, yeah. the, the vampires look but they're, kind of face down. But they're but they're but they're not too long. No, they're right? just the teeth are like maybe like you know half an inch, yeah, three quarters of an inch, just just, just itty bit, just, just a little bit to, right. to get at that tasty flesh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's all that's needed. That's all that matters. But unlike more modern werewolves, the Wolfman kind of looks fully human, except for that hairy face and these hairy hands and paws. I mean, I in some respects, say. he just needs to go to a barber. I, saw it I mean, when, like. when you look at this particular werewolf, yeah. he, he's more human than than wolf, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a lot of the movies, and again, I've said this three or four times, so we'll talk about it later, but uh, they, they tend to grow like a foot. Yeah. And their arms you know, uh, get longer and they're mm-hmm. and they're they have fingernails that shoot out six inches. And that that wasn't the case for this particular wolf. He looked a werewolf. He looked more more like a human that just hadn't had a haircut or shaved in a few months. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean honestly. So I'll tell you the best parody of this movie. Have you seen Michael J. Fox and Team Wolf? Yes. It's, yeah. And actually Michael J. Fox's hair is longer it is. than 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 this one. But yeah, that's pretty close. Pretty that, close call. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite movies of all time. If you've yeah. if you've not seen Team Wolf, go check it out. It's a great riff on this movie and this backstory. But we're talking about Wolfman right now. The movie was originally titled Destiny, and there's an interesting connection there. I don't I don't think Destiny really fits, does it? I mean, if you're putting this among the iconic universal movie monsters, we've got Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. You know Frankenstein. We got the Invisible Man, Phantom of the. They Opera. all have names. They, they all named the monster right. in the title. You know, and this one's called would have been called Destiny, but it was changed toward the toward the end of the production. But here's the story behind it. The writer of the movie was a Jewish man of Polish descent. His name was Kurt Siodemak, and if I'm saying that wrong, I'm okay. so sorry. He was born in Germany in 1902, and he really had a t- talent for writing. In fact, when he was a kid, he published one of his first short stories in a children's magazine. He was nine years old, but he, he didn't get to pursue his passion because his dad really wanted him to 
you know, do something that he saw as more productive. Right. So he sent him to school to, to get a degree in mathematics and engineering. That's boring. Yeah. Who, who needs that? <laughs> you know, I'd rather be writing The Wolfman. Sure. Come on. But eventually he works his way out of that. He, he does get the degrees, but he goes on. He becomes a journalist, and he eventually gets to write the script for this Wolfman movie. So what's the connection to Destiny? Well, there, there was an interview with uh, this, this person, this writer, back in 1999, which, man, that blows my mind because this movie was made in the 40s. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I'm not sure how decades, old he was. Yeah. At the time, but had to know. have been fairly young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was he was a he was a young uh, whippersnapper at the time. Uh, but in 1999, he this is what he said. He said, "I am the Wolf Man." You have to imagine this guy's probably like honestly like 90 to 100 years at old at this point, yeah. so, somewhere in that that right. range, right? He said, "I am the Wolf Man. I was forced into a fate I didn't want," and that's where the original title of Destiny comes from. Because he felt like huh. his destiny was something different than what people were forcing upon him. He didn't want to be a mathematician. He right. wanted to to write about monsters. Huh. You know, that's the, interesting. The yeah, that's yeah. cool. Last thing about the Wolfman, Bella Lugosi, you know, the actor who oh, played yeah. Dracula, Dracula. Yeah, uh, he originally wanted the role of the Wolfman. I, I don't think the world could have handled that. Right. Quite honestly, yeah. you know, he's. Bella Lugosi, he's he was awesome. He's sort of Dracula. He's sort of the man. He, uh, he's the man. Uh, but Lon Chaney Jr. got the role instead. But Lugosi actually still got to be in the movie. I actually watched this recently in preparation for this episode. And uh, Lugosi was cast as a gypsy fortune teller. He was the the wolf man, right? right. He, he was the the one who eventually gets after Lon Chaney's character. Uh, and his name was Bella. He, he oh, just really? pl- played himself. Wow. You know? He he didn't get to be the actual Wolfman, but he was a Wolfman in right. the Wolfman. <laughs> so kind of interesting. That's a lot of Wolfman. It is, it is. So Jason, that's where werewolves kind of got their start. But you know they've they've been in cinematic history for a long time. So what else are we going to talk about this? So evening? so let's jump forward about four decades. Uh, an American werewolf in London. What's he doing there? He's just, you know, traveling, looking at things, maybe going to go Buckingham Palace. Sure. You know, see Big Ben, just whatever you do in England, right? See some of those guards. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, An American Werewolf in London debuted in 1981. It was directed by John Landis, uh, who actually wrote the script in 1969 at the age of 18. Oh, wow. And it just sat there for... Just a young guy, From huh? 1969 yeah, through 1981. Uh, what's ironic is that the movie was uh, pushed as a horror comedy... Uh, which production companies had some reservations about initially, but they rolled the dice, and the movie was ultimately made for $5.8 million, but but grossed $62 million at the box office, and the movie became uh, obviously a big financial success and a cult classic. Man, when I was 18, I was writing stories about going to the grocery store, you know, uh, going to... uh the moon but not really going i think i i think i wrote the poem uh the clock and it we was talked like, about this one. yeah yeah tick was, tock I, goes the clock on the wall yeah tick tock tick clock or tick tock down the clock goes down the hall something like that yeah. it was it was riveting and and how, how many millions did you make on that we're still counting them okay yeah i, I thought that <laughs> revenue was still coming in <laughs> yeah i still get royalties off the anytime anyone mentions anything to do with a clock i get like a nickel or something <laughs> the movie to be announced soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> So in, in regard to the werewolf in the movie, uh, this particular uh, werewolf was pretty intense. Uh, David Naughton, the actor who played David, 
uh, in the movie underwent a 10-hour makeup process each day if, if it involved that they were going to be shooting the werewolf <laughs> that day, right? So 10 hours each day he's in a chair. I was going to say, so he was putting on werewolf stuff that this wasn't just his daily get out of bed routine right? <laughs> no, he wasn't just applying no. 10 hours of makeup he was no no <laughs> this is not like 10 hours of blush or anything no. oh, okay no this is all werewolf makeup hooray uh so and obviously it wasn't every day he had to put it on but the days that he did it was 10 hours and he described it as a long plane ride uh, with no destination <laughs> oh, gosh. is how you refer to it as uh, but all that hard work paid off as the movie won the very first ever academy award for best makeup which would become special effects oh wow so, that so was the that's very how first that got one. started yep in 1981 okay uh, the special effects director uh, rick baker went on to work on michael jackson's thriller video did he really? He sure did. And in this movie, when you think about what uh, mm. the the werewolf looks like yeah. compared to the werewolf and thriller, mm-hmm. really super close. It's funny, you really said close. That. I, I watched the thriller video recently. That that might be the scariest werewolf I've ever seen. It's intense, man. It is yeah, that it, transformation he goes yeah. through. Oh, oh, and that, so it's that's very similar to I think, and I forgot when Thriller came out. Probably eighty four, eighty five, uh, somewhere. You call it, I don't somewhere know, somewhere around the eighties. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, probably early to mid eighties, but uh, very similar to the werewolf uh, as depicted in American Werewolf uh, in London. And so the the transformation scene is is the big thing, right? I mean, this was sort of mm-hmm. the first movie. You know, you, you had sort of stop stop footage like in earlier movies where mm-hmm. okay, let's put some makeup on, let's put some hair, stop, yeah, and and then cut away to something else and then you know somebody screaming usually some damsel right and then they come back (laughs) and then they come back oh he's he's hairier now and then let's flash out to the moon and he comes back and you know so that now he has his teeth right yeah well in american werewolf uh, in london this was really the first werewolf movie uh to this extent that did not cut away Mm -hmm. it was like it was showing the hair literally growing yeah and it and it was like real time the fingernails along yeah and and this wasn't like mostly man this was like a beast I mean, so when this mm. was finished, and you know, some werewolves they, they they sort of you know stand upright on two two legs and mm-hmm. they're running around. Other werewolves, much like and I and I hate to uh, kind of rain on everyone's parade, but the whole Twilight series, mm. I thought that whole werewolf how they literally changed into just a wolf. Just a wolf. It looks oh, like a Disney wolf. Just a boring old wolf. Yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. I, I, that, I need my wolves to to want to you know chomp on some face. Some not, not like kiss face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like you know, it doesn't have to be like underworld werewolf mm-hmm. but but something more i mean that looked like like a disney cartoon type of wolf sure. or whatever yeah. so this uh, th- this werewolf an american werewolf in london was very very violent grotesque it was much more of an animal than it was a man mm-hmm. uh it it uh walked on all fours uh it, it could stand up but it was it it maneuvered more like an animal right. than it did a man and so I think that was a little bit, you know, a little bit scary. But the transformation thing is what sold sold the movie. Yeah. Um, and so for that reason, this has become a a, a cult classic. Have, have you seen? Have you have you watched this movie? It's been a long time, but I did see it uh, probably sometime in the '90s for the first time. I saw the television right. version, so I don't know if this is a movie that had some things edited out and, or not. And the the plot basically is just two friends go to england to tour the countryside and they get attacked uh, while traveling through the moors one night mm-hmm. and one of the friends uh die the other one also gets bitten but he lives and then of course a month later he becomes a werewolf he falls in love with the nurse that sort of nursed him back to health in the hospital mm-hmm. and then he spends the next few days just kind of hanging out in the apartment wondering 
you know, he, he begins to uh, uh, see things. He begins to uh, hallucinate and see his dead friend. And his dead friend's like, mm. man, buckle up. In a few days, this is what's going to happen to you, you know. <laughs> and so he begins to just sit around and kind of wonder if that's what's going to happen. And then lo and behold, on that fateful you know, night, they had this big transformation Full scene. Moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know, he, he wakes up like in a, uh, in a cage at the zoo with the wolves. And so there's all kinds of scenes like that. But it's, it's a pretty intense movie. It also has some, some comedy relief kind of sprinkled mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, but I heard you say it was supposed to be a comedy. It was supposed to be a comedy, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, I think, the conversation between he and his dead friend, yeah. it, it is kind of comical. I was going to say, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, he, do, he, he does actually have some funny lines and they kind of go back and forth a little bit. Uh, one of the reasons this movie was made when it, when it, it was, it was actually turned down a couple times due to sort of the nature, the, the comedic nature and the success of the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. that's what... Uh, uh, had the production company maybe you know I mean pretty much rolled the dice and said let's go with this and see what happens. Okay. Yeah, because the the comedy part they just weren't sold on that. That's uh, awesome. So yeah. So uh, anyhow, that is an American werewolf in London. And so Shannon, this would probably be a good time for us to uh, take a break and for our uh, listeners to go to an American podcast in London, London, Kentucky, London, England, anywhere around the world. Sure. And they can go look at some of our products. Hey, everyone. We're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store store we are back and we're discussing the history of werewolves in film and jason we've made it all the way up to one of my favorite movies uh you know as far as vampires and werewolves go this one's just fun you know 2000s era fun yep you know it's it's uh well it's underworld have you uh, have you seen oh underworld my goodness i was so pumped the mm-hmm. first time i saw the previews of this movie i thought well it's not going to get any better than this let's just shut everything <laughs> we've now, arrived i'm going to go watch this movie and then let's just shut down society because yeah. it's over turn, turn it off <laughs> we can't get any better than this yeah i've watched all the underworld stuff all the spinoff i've watched it all uh, absolutely loved it Th- this movie made werewolves cool again right it, it had been a while since werewolves had really been on the same level as like vampires right you know you'd had some previous movies where, where uh, vampires were just kind of tearing it up you know buffy the vampire slayer right sure <laughs> comes yeah, to yeah. mind yeah uh some of those movies uh but this here underworld this is when things really got gritty again and uh really it didn't uh it, it didn't bring werewolves back to their true form but it evolved them yeah in a way i really like the whole the whole uh you know point of like a uh a subculture or this whole other world yeah. that's that's taking place right underneath our noses. An underworld. An underworld. <laughs> yeah. And and I will for now. <laughs> so so go ahead, tell us about Underworld. Okay. Underworld is a two thousand three action horror film directed by Lynn Wiseman and written by Danny McBridge. You said you've seen all these movies, right? Yeah. So here's here's the quick recap. The film centers on the secret history of vampires and lichens. This lichens is what we call werewolves. Gotcha. In this world, it's an abbreviated form of lycanthrope, which literally means werewolf. So the main plot revolves around Celine, played by Kate Beckinsale, 
a vampire death dealer hunting lichens. She finds herself attracted to a human, Michael Corvin, who is being targeted by the lichens. After Michael is bitten by a lichen, Celine must decide whether to do her duty and kill him or go against her clan and save him. Dun dun dun. Oh. You know, kind of a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing going right. on here. Yep. Two two houses at war. Supposed to hate each other. Supposed to. Right. But things don't things aren't interesting that way, right? Right. Well if they just well, she just killed him. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. It takes like ten minutes. Yeah, but the movie has to happen. Right. Right. So to get to that point. Something other than the popcorn I just bought. <laughs> we, we gotta make this a little more interesting. So originally, Jason, this film had some pretty negative press. And, you know, just the critics really didn't like it on release. Blasphemy. Yeah. they, they <laughs> Jason, they didn't even want to shut down society <laughs> when this movie came out. What do you make of that? Uh, just poor judgment on their part. Yeah. They, they weren't in line with the fans. The fans loved it. I oh, loved yeah. it. It was around the time that, um, you know, movies like The Matrix and things like oh, yeah. that were, were getting, their, getting their dues. And this movie reminds me a lot of The Matrix. I, here, here's the weird thing. In preparation for this episode, I have watched the first 50 to 60 minutes of this movie twice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, I've, I've seen the whole thing like 20 years ago. Right. You know, wherever it, whenever it came out. It's been a while. Um, but here, I hadn't seen it recently, so right. I got on Hulu, and last night, I, I fired it up and started watching. And, yeah, I, I watched about the first hour or so. Well, today, uh, Alex, my, my wife, she wants to watch it, too. So... Instead of watching it from where I was at, we went go, back to, the, go to beginning. the beginning. <laughs> right. We were literally watching this movie when you rolled up and it was podcast time. Oh, okay. Okay, so I can vouch for the first half of this movie. It's really strong, really good stuff. Okay. You, you probably have watched the first 50 minutes of Underworld more than any other human on Earth <laughs> in the last at least two days, right? Man. <laughs> Yeah. So, so in some ways, you're more qualified than, honestly, the directors are to talk about this. I like to think that. <laughs> yeah, I need to call somebody and, and get them on that award. We need a committee on this. Um, but yeah, the, the movie by the fans was praised for its use of gothic visuals, um, for Kate Beckinsale's performance, and the extensive mythology developed between vampires and werewolves. It's really compelling stuff. It is. It's, it's a good movie. It's inspired me. I want to go out and find like one of these uh, aristocratic vampire <laughs> werewolf kind of novels or something. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm not lying. I really, I, I, uh, I told Alex before we started the podcast, I said, I'm going to go on Kindle. See what's out there and see what's out there. There's got to be something epic that I'm missing. This oh, kind of yeah. rekindled my my love for that. Yeah. And she she suggested Twilight, and I, I said, uh, uh, "No, different, different wolf, yeah, yeah, not not really what I'm in the mood for." But uh, the film grossed 95 million dollars against a production budget of 22 million, so they did fine. Sure, know, critics forget it. It, it, it made did, money. Didn't stop. You know this this uh, this movie was going to happen. When I rewatched the film. One thing that really stood out to me is that these visuals really hold up. You know, when you go back and yeah. you watch those early 2000s movies, doesn't matter what you put on, the CGI is just terrible. Oh, gosh, yeah. It, it just, it's very, very dated. Yeah. It's, it's dated. Um, there, there were only one, maybe two scenes in the entire first 50 to 60 minutes of this <laughs> movie, I can't vouch for the end, um, where I thought, okay, that's CGI. But everything else looked really solid. And the reason for this is because they used a lot of practical effects instead of relying heavily on CGI. I wish we would go back to this. Yeah. I really wish we would return to the days of the prosthetic makeup and the really in the scene monster right. sort of things. Um, 
I'm kind of burnt out on CGI, if yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah. It, it's hard to watch I, a movie this day, these days. I think a lot of people just want something uh, kind of nostalgic, yeah. and there's something special about that. So to, to back this up, the, that they used a lot of practical effects, uh, according to the website IMDB, uh, the Internet Movie Database, uh, we have a quote. The quote says, Lynn Wiseman, the director, opted to shoot many of the action and effect sequences live without computer imagery. In one scene, for instance, a werewolf seems to run more than 50 miles per hour behind a speeding car. And I know the scene they're talking yep. about. I saw this, and it looks really good. Yep. You know, if, if you watch uh, any movies around this era that are using CGI, Matrix, and its sequels included, they they just don't look nearly as good. People don't look human. They look rubbery. Yeah. Uh, the frame rate looks off. It's like whenever they turn CGI, things seem to move unnaturally like right almost too fluid just, there's just a big difference it, it just doesn't look real this this looked real um and the quote goes on to say for the scene where where this werewolf was running really fast this was shot using an elaborate rig towed behind a vehicle with actor michael sheen doing the close-ups of the running and the jump where he eventually jumps onto a car yep. so yeah they were just like pulling him really fast <laughs> and he was like just just booking it i mean in, in in some respects it was real yeah right i mean it was that's what you know you you are seeing what you are seeing it was real <laughs> that's why it looked so good yeah it would have been great if you know you showed up you know, on this movie set and they were they were filming and they're like all right folks no cgi all right here in a moment you know these vampires they're going to be jumping off these buildings and so are you <laughs> we're, we're doing it and how much am i getting paid yeah, practical effects at its best who can run 50 miles an hour this guy all right you're you're our lead werewolf my friend but yeah the, these uh i think these practical effects make the best movies the werewolves in this movie look much more like vicious brutish monster wolves than yep. in anything seen previously yeah they are just they're terrifying they're just the they're just hulking. I mean, that these are the kinds that we talk about that they they can kind of go on all fours too, but they yeah. kind of either or really. I think in, in this in this movie, but but yeah, I mean, they it's like their body mass doubles, <laughs> and I mean, they have like just these enormous claws and their their face and the the the, the nose and the snout sort of elongate and, yes. it, and it comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are like way different than Lon Chaney Jr. I mean, yeah. this is like a monster monster. Yes. Now, they must have used some CGI for the uh, transition scene when, right. when they show the first werewolf in human form transitioning into a werewolf. And it, it looks amazing. It does. It looks it, very good effect. It's wonderful. Go look it up on YouTube. Just type in Underworld you know, Werewolf Transform something. It, it's only like a seven-second clip right. or so. But, um, you know, this werewolf dude, he, he's in the subway, and he just hulks out in a way that, j just like the Hulk would, you yep. know, Mark Ruffalo in The Avengers. But it, this is 2003. Yeah. And, and it looks so good. And, and the scene is kind of darkly lit, so I think that helps a little bit. You know, anytime you show any of this CGI stuff, it looks like complete fakery and the like. Right. But in the dark, it actually works really well. And you just see this guy's, it's a side shot too, which yep. is kind of different. And his face just starts to morph. A, to morph. Just, yeah. his, his, his snap, like his nose elongates, and, and you can hear it almost crinkling like you're unwrapping. Like bones or something. Like, yeah. like the bones are reshaping and breaking and restructuring. And uh, it sounds like you're unwrapping tinfoil or something. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> and like his face is just jutting outward yeah, with the it's snout. Wild. It, it's a work of art, man. I loved it. I, I think this scene really, um, you know, if, if nothing else worked in the movie, 
this scene worked. Right. It, it was powerful. But the thing is, in this movie, it's not just all makeup and hair and prosthetics. Um, they they actually designed these creatures, like modeled them, like legit statuesque models, right? right? You know, that they could use puppets that they can manipulate and move around. And again, this adds to the visuals. Now, you know, they they'd certainly use CGI too. There, there's some really cheesy CGI scenes somewhere in there in the middle where the werewolves are like, crawling on the walls and the ceiling oh yeah they're, they're uh, like rushing through a hallway yeah i know that scene that they're like upside they're hanging from the ceiling <laughs> yeah. they're on the sides of the walls yeah. Or coming. yeah they're all over the, the place the physics doesn't even make sense there like number right. one these guys look like they weigh like 450 pounds easy each, each right easy. <laughs> yeah so and and here here they are like on the ceiling and I, I know why they did this like it looks cool right right but it also doesn't make a lick of sense because like the werewolf's upside down and yeah maybe he's got some claws but he's like punching into uh, like stone almost or something right <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah they're or like coming down the hallway yeah. and yeah it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense but but it looks really cool but uh whenever they actually use the models that they created um these were designed by the man who created the american version of godzilla oh so this okay. is this is kind of where all this started the limbs were constructed utilizing special stilts to kind of give them that that taller sure. look you were talking about where they grow like a foot um, these stilts and these limbs were created by prosthetic limbs manufacturers, so professionals, hmm. you know. Uh, the werewolves were designed to have 25 axes of rotation, so like, you know, their wrists would bend and their elbows would bend and their fingers and claws would move around. And this gave them a very lifelike movement and the look of an entire new breed of like scary werewolf. Right. You know, this, this was something that before, I, I hadn't really seen anything like this. And you, I, I can't recall... No. No, I mean, I, I can't either because I thought about that. I mean, we've seen werewolves that were just people with makeup, right? And, and yeah. they're moving naturally. But I, I couldn't really recall a werewolf, you know, t- to to the degree that this thing was a monster mm-hmm. and it still moved the way it moved. That, well, that was new to me when the, I watched this. The one it reminds me of um, is a Goosebumps book called The Werewolf of Fever Swamp. Oh, yeah. The cover of that book, they yeah. show kind of like what these – guys yeah. these, they, these yeah, they are werewolves look yeah. like but while underworld might be my favorite werewolf movie it's certainly not the last one that's been made there are many others before and after so jason what's the last movie we'll touch on here tonight so the last movie we are going to discuss is my favorite oh. werewolf movie okay uh, and i don't re- i can't really explain why i can tell you mm-hmm. a few things i like about it uh, mostly because I just have it recorded, <laughs> yeah, and I can access it there, you know, at the house anytime. But it is Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Uh, the movie was released in 1985 and was based on the novella The Cycle of the Werewolf. Have you ever read that? I've not. No, it's, I've, I've not actually seen this movie either. You haven't seen this movie? No. So tell oh, me about it. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it stars a young Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong there, right? Right. Gary Busey. Gary Busey, who was one of the most entertaining human beings that's ever been on screen, uh, a, a young, oh, I was thinking Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's Gary Busey. But <laughs> okay, okay. I, but I can see where they, those names sound sort of yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. I thought, man, this is a good movie. Is Adam Sandler in it? <laughs> Uh, Terry O'Quinn is in it. So do you know who Terry O'Quinn is? I don't know. Who's Terry that? O'Quinn uh, would go on later to be to be John Locke on the TV show Lost. I love it already. So it was it was a younger Terry Quinn, and then some other folks that you've seen before. Did he, did he have hair? Uh, I think he did, but he he I think that almost the entire movie he had like the uh, like the police hat on. 
Oh, okay. he was a policeman, but I think he did have hair in that in, in this movie. Good for him. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of pulling for for both he and his hair. Uh, <laughs> the movie cost seven million dollars, and it made twelve million dollars at the box office. Okay, mm. so not necessarily a a, a big hit. Uh, but right. I can't tell you why I love this movie. But here's pretty much the, the pretty much the summary of it. Okay, so uh, I, I think the movie is set in the I think it's like seventy eight or seventy nine. I believe. Okay, is, so, is, so the same night as Halloween and Michael Myers. Pretty much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, and so uh, it's this little town called Tarker's Mills. Okay, mm-hmm. little town mm-hmm. called Tarker's Mills, uh, and. Just a small community. Everybody loves everybody, and everything's getting you know going great. And uh, lo and behold, there is a werewolf in their midst, and and they don't know what's going on. So there right. is a murder of a gentleman out by the railroad tracks, and it ends up they think it was just an accident. Mm-hmm. And then ever so often, uh, more and more people begin to die, and they get, and they get brutally murdered. So they know mm-hmm. something's up, right? And go ahead. Well, I was going to say. So at this point, it could be any horror movie. It could be it. Could it be could be right because they're not sure vampires, yeah, that's ghosts, right. paranormal stuff. Could be anything. Who knows? Because they're not sure what's what's hap- what's what's happening. Well, then there begins to be some talk about what if this if, if there's a beast. Like for instance, what if it's a werewolf? And I think <laughs> I think the kid Corey Haim just comes up with that on his own. Like what if it's a werewolf? I hope there's some lead know? into that because what if they said what if it's a Stay Puft Marshmallow? Well, <laughs> and then here it comes down. <laughs> so. Uh, Long story short, uh, he is out uh, letting off firecrackers and fireworks on this little wooden bridge. Now, this you talk about poor parenting, okay? At mm-hmm. this point, there's been like four people murdered, mm-hmm. like in within a week or whatever, right? And so you send your child out by himself. I think he's probably 11, 12, or 12 years old in this movie, and he's like a mile away from home on a wooden bridge by himself, like at midnight, <laughs> setting fireworks off. Yes, uh, yes, of course. So, here comes the werewolf, like, oh, you know, easy prey. So, he walks up, he gets a firework, like a, some kind of like a Roman candle type thing, mm-hmm. shoots it, gets him in the eye. Okay, so the, you have... So, yeah, the werewolf gets him, or he gets the werewolf? That he, he shoots the werewolf okay. in the eye with one of these fireworks. All so, right. the, the werewolf's in pain, he's trying to pull it out of his eye. He takes off, he escapes. So, okay, I've injured whoever the werewolf is, right? The boy. So they begin <laughs> to like scour the town, he and his sister looking for someone with an injured eye. Oh. Okay. Okay. So then uh, the uh, uh, his sister, they go to their local church and the uh, priest is out in the yard and he is like digging some stuff like for, uh, I think planting vegetables and different things. And he turns around and he has an eye patch on. Ooh. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. And then you know immediately it's not a mislead. He's the werewolf. He's the dude. Yep. And you know pretty quickly. Just yeah. Straight out. So from that point, you know, there's about a ha- half the movie you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second half you do know. And it kind of sort of goes from there. And of course, people don't believe him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, priest tries to run him down in his car and kill him. And he kind of gets out of that. Wait, the, uh, the priest does this? Yes, because he's the werewolf. Okay. The priest, you know, and so he tells him, "You shouldn't have seen me, Marty." That's his, the boy's name, and so Marty gets out of that, and so eventually there's this big uh, standoff, right, between the werewolf and he comes to the house the next full moon, and mm-hmm. and they they begin to threaten him. They send letters in the mail, and they say, "Like I know who you are. You need to leave town." And so the werewolf, instead of leaving town, just tries to confront the kid, and he okay. tries to go murder him. So. But there's there's just some sense of like and during the whole movie it's just like this small community and you could kind of almost see some of this playing out because some of the people like in a lot of Stephen King movies uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Needful Things oh, you know where if you sure. if you've seen that mm-hmm. where they kind of blame this 
this neighbor and this neighbor blames this neighbor mm-hmm. and you kind of have that whole you know political thing kind of happening Salem like within small sort of stuff yeah like when small the crucible towns. Yeah. yeah now what's also uh, neat about this is that uh, stephen king was heavily involved in the creation of this movie mm-hmm. and he uh, pretty much demanded that the werewolf only be seen a handful of times very little and never really like in full form head to toe it was much. It was going to be much more like through. You know, maybe you'll see his hands. Maybe you'll see just a flash of his teeth. But you're never going to see like the monster for more than like one second in full form. Mm. And so uh, that was something he sort of drew a line in the sand. And some of the producers and the the uh, uh, production company and so forth, they didn't like that. They said, you know, we need to have more wolf in there. It's kind of like uh, Christopher Walken, more cowbell, right? I, I got to have more wolf. Right. And so Stephen King said no, said no. And so the werewolf in this movie, until the very end, until the very, very end of the movie, the last two minutes of it, it he really looks more like a, like a black bear, mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, you never really see the creature you know, in, in full view, it's always right. in flashes or what, and you could easily mistake it for a bear really. Uh, but Stephen King said that that's what he wanted that he kind of, mm-hmm. he didn't really want to, uh, the, the viewers to see the monster just ongoing, you know, throughout the whole thing. And so the last couple of minutes, there's the big fight scene and, and you kind of see it then, you know, and, and there's some pretty good special effects there. And this one, he, the wolf changes back to a human. Oh, and okay. this one, they, they kill they kill the werewolf at the end and he mm-hmm. falls into a corner of the house and then they begin to see all the hair retreat back into the pores, and it's sort Ooh. of a reverse type thing. Right. Uh, but you do get to see what what the whole creature looks like, sort of at the very end. But for some reason, I've always just enjoyed this movie. I don't know if it's Gary Busey's character because he's mm-hmm. so far off the rails in the movie. <laughs> if it's the little boy, if it's kind of the small community politics uh, about it, you know. But there's just something kind of endearing about this particular werewolf movie that murders <laughs> countless people die. And I, yeah, I'm not quite very, sure. Very sweet movie. S- sweet movie. You know, it's kind of like little house on the prairie. Yeah. Uh, but so, so why the silver bullet? I mean, okay. So, uh, uh, really, for a couple of reasons, they end up killing him with a silver bullet. Okay, okay. so they they get silver, they melt it down, mm-hmm. they literally get a silver bullet. And notoriously, that's like werewolves. They kryptonite. hate right. They hate silver. They can't take it. Yeah. And so uh, Gary Busey is the crazy uncle. And he takes all of the mother silverware and they go to a gunsmith and they melt all the silver down and they create one silver bullet. He, he takes the granny silverware? He, he takes all the silverware and, and he, <laughs> they, 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 and any silver they can find, they melt it down. They have just enough to literally make one bullet, sort of like a Barney Fife situation we got going on. Right. Okay. So they had this bullet. And so, you know, there's this, you know, sort of drama where the, the gunsmith like, I don't know why anyone would make a silver bullet. Unless you're wanting to kill a werewolf, you know, and he looks at him, <laughs> and, bum, bum, bum. yeah, and then Gary Busey says, "No, he just discovered the Lone Ranger." Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they take the silver bullet. So that's one reason why the movie's called Silver Bullet. Okay. The other reason is because that the uh, uh, Corey Haim, the young boy in the movie, he he cannot walk. He's 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 physically handicapped, and so he rides around in like this motorized uh, wheelchair type thing. It's kind of like a scooter slash motorcycle yeah. that, that they've made for him, mm-hmm. and it's it's named Silver Bullet. It's painted silver, and they have red on the side. Oh, so sort of a yeah. dual reason, I guess, for the name. But ultimately, it's the Silver Bullet. In some ways both silver bullets that kind of kill the werewolf uh-huh. because he, he kind of gets away from the wolf and his silver bullet 
and then <laughs> and then they murder the, the the werewolf with the silver bullet. Oh, that poor werewolf. Yeah. Just stay away from silver, man, and you'll be okay. Yeah. But I really like the movie. If you've not watched it, it's very straightforward. It's C plus, B minus acting. It's mm-hmm. kind of over the top. But there's just something about it. If you like sure. sort of mid-80s type of movies like that, if you like Stephen King, uh, I read the book the or the, the novella. It's really cool. You know, every chapter is a month. Oh, and so okay. you just kind of, this is what's happening in April. This is what's happening in May. And you can kind of, you know, go throughout the thing with them. And the the, uh, the movie set up along the same lines. I don't think it goes the whole year, but I think it goes like basically just like one month. Uh, but yeah, it's, I love it. I think it's a really cool, cool movie. I'll check it out. That's cool. I've, I've been looking for movies to add to my Halloween movie list. Yeah. So far we've, we've watched a few different things. We've kind of been uh, hung up on the, the, the new Halloween movie that just came out. Yeah, Halloween I, Kills. I still have not watched it yet, but I'm the, can you believe, okay, can you believe this? Mm-hmm. I'm the only person in my household that has not watched that. Oh really? Yeah. And is that possible? Unless they're all lying to me, I don't. That they, <laughs> they went to the the theater the other night, and I did not go for some reason. I don't know if I had to, if I was working on something or what. Uh, but I think I may go home tonight because I think you can watch it on Peacock. That's where we watched it. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to go home. We have that. Mindy bought that, That's where Mindy actually watched it. And I, then, I bought it just for that movie. That's what she did. It's too. like ten dollars for a month. I figure I'm going to watch this movie for ten dollars and, and then cancel, cancel it, whatever. it if yeah. I need to. Okay, yeah. yeah so I, I'm going to go home tonight and watch it. Okay, yeah, check it out. So Jason, I, I think that's all I have on werewolves. Do you have anything else to add? Any anything to point out? Any warnings about the full moon or anything? Uh, no, there, there's there's some movies obviously that we didn't cover uh, that that are fun. You know, uh, Teen Wolf is 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 a big one. Yeah. Another big werewolf movie uh, that that came out in the '80s. There's a couple. I think maybe three or four of those. Uh, the, the Howling. Yeah. If if you've heard of those, I've heard of that one. Uh, there's there's uh, I think it's the end of part one where it always sticks out with me. I just know like they go. I can't even remember the whole movie, but they go like to this little commune out in the woods, and yeah, there are werewolves and. Somebody gets bitten and it kind of starts to spread and everything. And then at the end of the movie, I just remember thinking, no way. There, there's like this woman who's a, uh, you know, she she's on television and she does like all these different interviews and and and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're broadcasting like a live show and they make sure you know it's live. Like they have the red light flashing and all that. And and she's there live and she's broadcasting to the world like this big report that she's done on this behind the scenes look at werewolves or yeah. whatever. And then all of a sudden she's like, and tonight the world will know. And then she just <laughs> becomes this werewolf live on TV. Oh my and, and I just remember thinking that's the coolest scene I've ever, you know, the whole world knows. That sounds awesome, man. It's a pretty cool ending, but you know, but they have a whole series of the, the, uh, the howling and then of course teen wolf and mm-hmm. there's others. Yeah. Uh, obviously werewolves, they've not gotten a fair, they've got a fair shake, but they don't, they're not being given the same shake as like vampires have. Obviously. Sure. I mean, there's four vampire movies for every one werewolf movie easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're pretty cool, especially this this time of year. I love them. I think I think they're pretty cool. So, Jason, I guess that brings us to the end. I just want to thank all of our listeners. We appreciate you for following the podcast. Please give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Our handle is at SlapdashPod, and we will catch you in the next episode. If it's a full moon, stay indoors. Stay indoors.